so even though we're in unity, we're not going to do everything the same. God's called me one direction and you to another, but we're to do it together in Christ. Mm-hmm who he created as the individual he created us to be. I didn't, he didn't create you to be no biker. You know, you yeah. could get a Harley. I pray that you do, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but that's who God created me to be. God has taken me on a different path through my life. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. He's taken he, my wife, you know, gentle and beautiful as she is, you know, and just is a, such a wonderful uh you know, peaceful spirit. She's a very loving person. She's always looking for the positive and everything. She's always looking for the goodness of God and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't always do that successfully, you know. <laughs> and uh, but God, God brought her through in a different way. Yeah. You know, he brought me out of the 60s and 70s. He brought her out of the 70s and 80s, you know. <laughs> she was a little kid in the 70s, you know. And uh, so, you know, like, <laughs> I got a playlist, man, you know. that I have one playlist that's called Finding the Anointing. And so when I really want to get connected with God, I put that one on. Sometimes if I'm just working, you know, and I'm doing a thing, I'll put the other one on. And I got such a wide variety on there, man. Like you'll hear, you know, powwow music. And then another, you're going to hear, uh, you know, some Led Zeppelin on there. You're going to hear some Leonard Skinner. Then you're going to hear some Blind Boys of Alabama. But, you know, and, and, and I'll be going, you know, going through that, you know. And, and uh, so some of the, you know, Crosby, Stills, and Nash and some old hippie music, you know. And, uh, uh, oh, I can't remember who it was. Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. And anyway, so there, there's a, I'm your captain. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? <laughs> and uh, so my wife is like, wow, you really have the strangest playlist, you know. And she's like, where, who the, she, she didn't grow up hearing that music, you know. So, you know, out of the 60s and 70s, and I got to tell her, you know, well, here's kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> the story behind it. You know. But, it, and it's, we, we walk, we're, we're doing it all for the glory of God. So that we, we there was a, a copy of the chapter for the worship group, and it was um, John the Baptist. And he's, he was talking about the difference between somebody who's driven and somebody who's called. And John the Baptist was, when you're called, you, you have to be a steward of that work that God has called you to. And you never own it, but you're the steward of it. And after everything that John did when they came to him and they said, hey, all those people who followed you, they're going off to follow Jesus now. You know, indignant. But he's like, hey guys, the bride belongs to the bridegroom. And the bridegroom's friend is the one who celebrates when they come together. So I need, I must decrease so he must increase. But that's my joy to be that in that role. And that really spoke to me. It's like, and just the, the specific things God said to me, I start to realize, you know, if I'm doing my job, these guys are going to look really good. And they're probably going to get all the credit. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Because I God's called me to a different thing than them. And if God called me to that, when I started getting all the credit and all the glory, maybe I wouldn't have the strength inside to turn and give that glory to him, maybe I would start to think that I'm too much. You know, I don't, I don't know what what all is in me, but I'm going to accept what God gave me and be the best steward of it I can, mm-hmm. so that whatever comes out of the end is God's glory. Yeah. And and each of us, you know, that competition starts to fade away when it's like when we realize what we're working for. Those guys putting those life jackets on those people, they started to realize what they were working for because it's too real to, to miss when it's right there in front of you in that situation. Yeah. When we're sitting at home or sitting on the church pew, it can be a little bit easier to 
We, get, we take glory fall when, out God, of perspective. when God promotes our brother or sister. Yeah. That's the thing, you know, rejoice with those, I forget how it goes, who have joy, and then, you know, be bummed out with those who are bummed, you know? And Jesus practiced that. You know, yeah, when he yeah. wept, he really felt that pain. Yeah. You know? And I, there was a point, it was right before when you were saying, how John, the, the bridegroom, and the bride, and he's like, I must decrease. But in a way, I, I like what you said, because it was John going, I rejoice in that. That brings me joy to see him receive that glory. You know what gives God, God glory? I read this recently. It says, by your good works, you give God the glory. Mm. In other words, folks see me and how you behave. <laughs> yeah. I, so, I was reading Bonhoeffer, and he's like, here's some of Faith, you, you have faith and you have works, but they're not supposed to be two separate things. Your works are your faith in action, and your faith is your works demonstrating what you believe. Yeah. You, do, you don't do the good works to get to heaven. You do the good works because you've been changed on the inside. And they're just going to come out as you surrender to God. And he changes him, and as you let him change you, then you, you'll do these good works, and then your life is giving glory to God. Mm -hmm. Because the good works are not because you're doing it, but because God put it in you to do them. Yeah. And so God, you know, then other folk, God's letting other folks see him through so you. I must be about my father's business. There you go, yeah. You know, <laughs> about my father's business, you know. 11-year-old kid. <laughs> you know, that's a cool moment. Jesus is 11 years old, and he's in the biggest college there is, you know, with all these professors, you know. And he's and already be, he's making their heads spin. Yeah, he's blowing their minds. <laughs> like, Man, look at this boy, 11 years old, you know. <laughs> Some of them were like, we, we need to bring him in. Some of them were like, well, let's keep him far away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, wait, wait, if he's this smart at 11, we don't want him to get to 33. <laughs> oh, so... This, that's when it's fun when you when you are doing this and like when you, when I read that this morning about that I could see the Jews and the Gentiles the whole world being brought to Christ and it wasn't until they met Jesus that the Father spoke to him that everyone still has to come through Jesus and I saw all of that being put out in front of me and I man I, I almost had myself a bit of of uh, what was that uh, uh, they they rejoiced with the exceedingly great I almost had some exceedingly great joy myself because I got excited when I saw it and I thought that's really what makes following Jesus fun and it's really what makes reading the Bible fun because when you get those discoveries, you know, and you're like, oh, man, oh, that's so, God, you don't never miss a lick. You know, <laughs> you got it all lined up in there, you know. And then there are days like, well, God, you're a bad dude because you understood all of that. I didn't get none of it. <laughs> you know? but, yeah. but, 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 but when you make those discoveries, it makes you want to go do it some more. Yeah. See, and so in reality, and then the more you follow Christ, the more like him you become. The more you follow, more like him, if you follow him, the more like him you become, the more you want to be like him, mm -hmm. you know? And then, then you're focusing on him. And then the stuff that's happening around you doesn't even seem like anything, you know? And the craziness of the world, the only thing you can say is, wow, I'm sorry that y'all are missing this. Because there's some <laughs> cool stuff that you could be seeing, but you're so blinded by the mess around you. And if you could just see the light that I see, if you could have some of that exceeding great joy yourself, you know, just have yourself a worship fit, mm -hmm. you know, fall down and be shattered, you know, 
<laughs> and then give it out. Freely you have received, freely give it away. That's one of the cool things, what you said about, I don't know if I would be humble or whatever, you know, and if I would get so thinking that I did it. But in reality, if you realize, and I think you do, and I hear it in you often, when you realize that you're giving it away, and you realize it ain't mine to keep. I got it for free, I'm giving it away for free. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It wasn't given to me to keep anyway. It was given for me to give away so that others might see. That's my favorite song. I wish my wife was here to sing it because she sings it so beautifully. The song is freely you have received, freely give. And the verses stood out. It took me for a long time to understand and get this verse right. Go in my name, and because you believe, others will know that I live. But the, the thing go in my name and because you believe is because they're looking at your life mm -hmm. and they can see him through you. When I talked to my friend recently, you know, he's a very wealthy man. And, I, and I, I, you know, he was talking to me, he said, you, you, you have never asked me for a nickel. Never once. I said, brother, I didn't come into this for what I could get from you. I come into this for one reason. And that was because I wanted you to see Jesus Christ mm. in my life. And I hope that I have lived that out and you have seen it. That was his mentality of, um, you know, I used you and you used me and you corrected him. You're like, no, this isn't using. This isn't a cynical relationship. That's right. This is... This is a mutual giving. Yeah. That's where the blessing where brothers dwell in unity. I think, you know, when it, we, uh, we might, we're not going to agree with everything. Mm -hmm. But if I can en endeavor to give to you what's been freely given to me and you endeavor to give to me, and then you and I, it's a mutual giving back and forth, and it's a mutual receiving. Mm -hmm. I'm pouring into you, you're pouring into me. It's one of the, I love this moment with you, and I love this moment with Eric when we do this, that, we, you know, that all of us are, you know, it's coming off of one and coming off of another, and it's bouncing back and forth, and there's something that God put in you that's coming out of you, and something that God put in me and it's coming out of me, and somewhere in there, God's bringing that all together into one focus, mm -hmm. and the focus is Jesus Christ. And that focus is, hey, because you believe, others know that I live. Yeah. And if others know that I live, they'll get the same freedom you got. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? They'll get the same opportunity that the Magi did to fall and be shattered, to fall on the rock and be shattered. But that's okay because I'm going to put them back together in a way that's different than what they came. They, you know them Magi left out of there completely. They, they didn't leave the same way they came in before they seen that little two-year-old boy. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? They left out different Magi. You know what I'm saying? I heard this recently. A guy was talking about in the Jewish temple. When you God told the Jews, now I don't know exactly where this is, but in, in, under the law, when you went into the temple one door, you was to never go out the same door what you came in. Oh, yeah. That and going into church, you was to. We need to do that one Sunday. We need to like, all right, y'all come in this door, but you're going out that one. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Because God, I think God was saying right there. Look, you have to never come out here, in here, and leave the same way that you came in. You had to go out and be different. The reason I tell people, we you know, when I'm in the back working, and sometimes they want to hang out back there and they want to talk trucks or football or whatever, you know, and I'm like, hey, 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 I don't mind talking truck and football with you. But I don't come here to talk trucks and football with you. I come here to encounter Jesus Christ and get my heart and life changed. That's what church is about. That's why you come here. So you're either going to get it back here or you're going to get it up there. <laughs> so you might as well go, go up there and get it because you're going to get it here. Because you come here to, you better come here, not just for the food and the socialization. 
Yeah, yeah, the food is there. We feed, we, we, we're just following in Jesus' footsteps. We feed you physically and spiritually. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? But you better come in here to encounter Jesus Christ and get your heart and life changed. Because you do that, then you don't come, you, you don't go out the same way you came in. Because you can't encounter Jesus and be the same. Here's another one for you, just not to drag this on too long. Peter, all right? Pete said, Jesus, you know, I don't know if I told you this last Sunday. Jesus, look at here. The rest of these clowns, I know that they will abandon you. These boys are bozos. I'm telling you right now, I've, I've fished with them. I know them, but not me, Jesus. I will fight with you for you. I will die for you, Jesus. And Pete said, Pete, or Jesus said, Pete, you know, son, you're a good boy, but you're dumber than a sack of wet mice, but you, you, you're going to deny me before the rooster crows tries. The guys come into the garden to take him. Jesus, Judas portrays him with a kiss. You ever think about this, man? There was a squad of Jewish police or temple soldiers and a squad of Roman soldiers that came to get Jesus. And Peter decides he's going to stand against those odds. <laughs> Breaks out a sword and chops off that guy's ear. And Jesus goes, Pete, put away the sword, son. You're only seeing the physical side. You're not seeing the spiritual side of this. Mm-hmm. All right? And, then, and he puts that guy's ear back on. All right? And it just says, Peter follows him at a distance. I think Peter was endeavoring to keep his word to Jesus. He truly loved Jesus enough mm-hmm. that he was willing to fight and die with him. Otherwise, he wouldn't have tried to fight one guy with a sword, fight two squads of soldiers. He was trying to be with them in the way that he knew how, and Jesus was teaching them. It's a different way. There you go, yeah. <laughs> and so he follows him at a distance. And then it says as he, he sat around the fire in the midst of a group of Roman soldiers. He's trying to blend into the crowd. Mm-hmm. But a little girl comes and says, ho, 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 you're one of his followers. He tried to blend in with the crowd, but he had been with Jesus and couldn't. If you've been with Jesus, if you come to church to get your heart and life changed, if you walk out the door different than what you came in, you will not be able to blend into the crowd because mm-hmm. you'll shine. His light will shine out of you. Yeah. I, you know, one, another interesting point of the story was Peter was, the people don't think about it, Peter was, I don't remember which one of the gospels says it, he was close enough that he could hear his friend get condemned to death. Mm. He was close enough to see him be spit on and hit and say, prophesy, oh prophet. He was close enough when he had denied Jesus the first time and then he tried to deny him the second time with cursing and the rooster crowed twice, which one of the gospel says, and he looked and he saw Jesus's eyes. He was close enough to see his friend go through all of this. I'm telling you what, I'd be pretty afraid too. Because I'm like, I don't understand. I tried to stand and fight for him a minute ago, but that wasn't the right thing to do. I don't understand what's going on here. But at that moment, when he locked and saw, it says he broke. Mm. For better you to fall on the rock and be broken. Peter broke and went out and wept bitterly. This boy broke. This big old tough old sailor, fisherman, broke down and cried like a baby because he just recognized my friend and I couldn't keep my word to him. Mm-hmm. Two different guys, two different reactions to the betrayal of Jesus, denial of Christ. One broken, wept bitterly, the other went out and hanged himself. Regretted what he did, but didn't repent. The other broke, got humble, and repented, and Jesus restored.
That's my take on it. So that that's the, <laughs> if you go into church, you come to encounter Jesus. Yeah. And if you encounter Jesus, you can't blend into the crowd no more. I've been out, you know, I went to a big bike rally recently, you know. I'm just another long-haired, tattooed guy in the midst of the crowd. But there were people coming up to me, talking to me. And when they talked to me, some of them were like, well, dude, you're kind of, you ain't like the rest of these buggers around here, are you? <laughs> no, I, maybe there's some, but I'm sure there's some I'm just like here. You see what I'm saying? I may look the same on the outside, but because I've been with Jesus, that light shines out of me. And you can't blend into the crowd no more. Mm-hmm. The other thing about that for me, I have two things. When I pull into the Home Depot parking lot, there are two signs that says veteran parking. I do not fly veteran plates on my car. I have a little sticker up on the dash that just simply says 9th Infantry Veteran, United States Army. But when I pull in that parking lot that says veteran parking, I realize that I have to hold myself to a different standard than anybody else in that parking lot. Because I hold that title, because I earned that title, because I paid that price. So when I walk through that store and they see that I've parked there, I better hold myself to that standard, no matter what the rest of them behave like. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. I have declared Jesus Christ to be my Lord, my Savior, my Redeemer, my friend, my big brother. And because of that, I have to hold myself to a different standard. I don't care what anybody else does. I've encountered him. I've experienced him. I know that he is who he said he is. And if it comes down to it, yeah, I may struggle sometimes, but I trust him because mm-hmm. I know he don't make no mistakes. Yeah. But I hold myself to a different standard because of my relationship with him. One of the things I've prayed as many times, Lord, please, don't let me never misrepresent you. Yeah. I love you too much. I owe you too much. And sir, I don't never want to misrepresent you. Help me to represent you well. The, That's the staying humble part, you and me, when he gives it. You recognize it. It's there, brother. I see it in you. <laughs> it comes out when you speak, you know. And the fear of the You're Lord a good day. speaker. Thank God. I've never heard you sing, but probably that's a good thing. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> But I, I see that in you. You love music, and you're a gifted writer. And I see that, right? And I see God bringing those two giftings that he's put in you together. Let me, let me just one of these days, I, mean, I would love to see the Holy Spirit hit you when you're up there playing and, and just cut loose. Just, you know, <laughs> the Holy Spirit going, Kevin, let me show you how to play that guitar, boy. Let me light you up, son. You know? <laughs> I Let me either. have some exceeding great joy come through you out of that. <laughs> I was listening to Course on Creativity, and they were talking about musicians, and these, they did the MRI and the jazz musicians, what they're playing. They're like, so when they're playing and they're going off and they're doing the solo, what they're doing is they're actually shutting off the part of their brain that is kind of receiving and monitoring and analyzing what you're doing. And how are people going to think about this? And is this going to line up? It, it just shuts that down. So your internal editor is like, shut up. And then you, <laughs> you're, just, you're just flowing. But then when they're playing with each other and playing off of each other, then there's like both of those regions are active. So it's wow. like. <laughs> I heard on the radio today that said when you are not doing a project, 
we're not doing something creative, you know, or procreative, uh, that your mind automatically goes into relationship mode. It will automatically start thinking about relationships. Mm. And some of that may, you know, really, well, we were created for relationship. Mm-hmm. So if you're not in that mode of doing other stuff, your mind's automatically going to go there. Well, eventually your mind has to automatically go to then the relationship with the God who created you. Mm. Maybe that's why some people try to stay so busy because they realize, oh, man, I don't want to get that in my mind, you know. <laughs> I'll be, you know, that convicts me. That may not, lets me know I need to make some changes here, you know. I need to yeah. surrender. You know, so let me stay so busy that I can't hear that <laughs> part, you know. But there's somewhere in there, you're going to have to stop, and it's going to talk, you know? Yeah. And the Holy Spirit will speak through that, you know, in that moment. Because he, he knows how you're made. He's the one who hooked up the wires originally. Yeah. He know, you know, it's the switchboard. <laughs> he knows which one to unplug and which one to plug, you know? You're sitting there trying to short-circuit things. And he's just, <laughs> you just plug into the right source. I'm going to fix all of that. <laughs> you know? 